What spiritual season are you in? If you examined your life right now, what season would you say you're currently experiencing? Are you in a dry season, waiting for something season, grinding season, tests and trials at nearly every turn season or spiritual warfare season? The list could go on and on. Maybe you are in a happy season and all is well. Sometimes it's difficult to recognize the season of life we're in, and it can be even more difficult to know how to live fully in Christ during it. In a natural sense, we know that seasons change. There is winter, spring, summer, and of course fall. Just like the natural seasons change, so do the seasons in our lives. The Bible tells us, for everything there is a season. It also tells us, God has made everything beautiful in its time. I love mangoes, but I pick, if I pick a mango, a green mango, and bite into it, it will never enjoy, I will never enjoy its sweetness and juiciness because I picked it in the wrong season. The first step to flourishing in any spiritual season is recognizing which one you're in. I will talk about six common seasons of life in a spiritual life. Which one describes your life? Number one is the dry season. This is no doubt a tough season. It's when God is quiet and you can't hear his voice or sense his presence as you once did. In a dry season, God seems so distant and so disinterested. I've lived through a dry season various times in my life and I know how hard this one can be. For Christians, a season of spiritual dryness can seem completely jarring. Suddenly, your life experience doesn't line up with what you know to be true about God. If God guides his children, why can't I sense it? If he cares, why don't I feel it? I believe the keys in getting through these challenging seasons are twofold. Number one, realize that you are in it. And number two, press through it. Draw close to God despite how far he feels. Your pain is healed by his praise. Don't wither up. Continue reading his word. Meditate on his word, but also talk to him, even though he's quiet, because he is there. He hasn't left you yet. The question we always ask ourselves, why am I in a dry season? This kind of spiritual dry spell can come after walking through difficulties, spending time in half-heartedness or sin, or simply getting stuck in rut. In this season, it's good to examine your life and check to see if there's any heart issues or unconfessed sin. If you discover it, confess it to God and repent because if we confess our sins, God is always faithful and just and He will forgive us of all our sins and purifies us from all our unrighteousness. And I will tell you one more thing about dry seasons. They don't last forever. This season will change. Just keep the faith and keep on trusting Him. Keep going to church. Keep praising and worshiping God even when it's hard and confusing. The rain is on its way coming. But if, you, if the rain comes and you never prepared the land, you never sowed and you never planted seeds, then automatically you're just going to end up getting wet. Don't leave God in your lounge. Take Him to bed with you. Don't separate yourself from Him. The second season is the waiting season. Let me kick this one by saying, waiting is not easy. If you are there now and it's hard, take heart. 
because being there done that and I know how it feels. In the book of Psalms we told that be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Whether you're waiting for a godly husband, a godly wife, for difficult circumstances to change or for God to finally fulfill a promise, the waiting season can range from mildly annoying to maddening. It takes courage to wait. It costs you something, especially your peace of mind. We know from the story of Joseph in Exodus that God leverages waiting seasons for his glory and for our own good. And we also know from Abraham's story in Genesis that waiting might last a very long time. So you never know when this blessing is coming your way. But we also know from Hannah's story that pouring your heart out to God and waiting on him is totally worth it. In your season of waiting, trust that God is pruning you. He's chiseling away what is not needed for the next season. He's making you ready. So let him work however long it takes. Because anytime you ask God for blessings, be ready for trouble. Because it's you that needs to be trained. So by asking, it means you want him to hurry the process. And that means he has to take you through the MBA of spiritual warfare. Why does God make me wait? That's a question we always ask. This season, like the others, will one day be over, but at a time of waiting is fairly guaranteed to happen again in life. You see, for God, the goal of this season is not that you should learn your lesson so that you don't have to wait anymore. God wants you to learn how to wait so that you can wait well, even if your waiting continues for the rest of your life. While my plan is to keep a cheaper attitude and show God that I'm a good student, so he will bring my waiting to a close. God wants something even better for me. Rather than end my waiting, he wants to bless my waiting. Even while you're waiting for God's blessing, he is ready to bless you with the gift of himself. Keep the faith. Don't doubt God's plans and goodness and wait with expectancy. David cried out to God, Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. God is listening and knows exactly where you are hung in there. God has not forgotten you. He will never forget you. It's always us that always forget him in our times of not need. Number three, the third season is the grinding season. This is also known as the busy season. This is the I don't have enough time to get everything done season. Sometimes we have big projects or little people that need more of our time than in other seasons. This is a season when demand exceeds capacity. Busyness is becoming a value in modern South African culture, but it's not something Christians should chase. If you find yourself in a busy season, chase after God. The key to succeeding in this time is seeking God for direction. The moment your feet hit the floor in the morning, recognize and organize what needs to get done, then plow through those priorities. Attacking your priorities first will also help alleviate and reduce stress. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. That's what it says in the scriptures. The whole world does not rest in your hands. It rests in God's hands. Pace yourself and your tasks. Breathe and pray. Then take a lunch break. Then carry on in your grind and press through the strength that God gives you. Rely on the Holy Spirit to lead and help you. Remember, we are told in the scriptures that you have to give your all being you have to worship God with every single cell in your body. Many are planned in a man's heart, but only God's plan will prevail. In simple terms, all that means is 
if you give yourself to God fully, then He will inject His will, His wishes in your heart, and you will get it. But if you keep on chasing your own, chances are you might end up being successful at the wrong thing. Let's look at the fourth season of your life, the test and trial season. If you are going through some hard times in this season, we all going through this, know that God is with you in the midst of it all. He's totally at work. I know it's hard when you're in the middle of it, you've just gotten divorced, you've just lost your business, you are sick, you've just lost a husband, you've just lost a wife, you've just lost every single thing that has meant anything to you. And you might not even understand what you're going through or why, but I want to encourage you that God knows. And in due time, all will be revealed. In the meantime, don't give up or get tired of doing good. The scriptures say, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you need comfort, let God comfort you. If you need strength beyond yourself, let him strengthen you. If you need wisdom, ask. And the Bible promises that it will be given to you. As hard as the tests and trials may be, allow God to be God. Allow him to do the supernatural work that only he can do. Allow him to strengthen and increase your faith in this season of hardship or affliction. Without a test, you can't write a testimony. And remember, God only comes in at the end of your strength. There is no need to call on God on things that you can do. So fix your eyes on Jesus, not on your trials. In this season, it's essential to fix your thoughts on heavenly things, not on the temporary things of this earth. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the God who understands every temptation. He understands suffering and pain, and He understands our weaknesses. The fifth season is the spiritual warfare season. If you are in a season of spiritual warfare, guard up. If you're being spiritually attacked, you're doing something right that Satan doesn't like. But whether you not, you are currently walking faithfully. The enemy will wage war against you anyway. It comes with being a Christian, but don't be afraid. Remember the story of Job. God is always in complete control. Always make time for God because Satan will always slot himself into your life. This is a wonderful thing about being God's child. He fights for you. You just lean into him and rely on him by praying and reading his word. He will take care of the rest. This is not a natural battle against flesh and blood, even though it may appear so on this physical plane. The Bible clearly says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. With this spiritual battle in mind, we must put on our full spiritual armor. Therefore, put on all the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastbone of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. These are our weapons. Let us not leave them at home and walk into battle alone. Let us not spend two hours putting on makeup in the morning and forget putting on God's armor to keep us safe during the day.
The last one here is where most of us tend to forget God. This is the happy season. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Maybe you just got married or your kids are bringing you joy. Maybe you are killing it at work or you are reading the Bible like you never have before. This is the fun season, the happy season. But you still have a job to do in this season. Praise the Lord. Praising God is something Christians should do in every season because our hearts need it and because it's God's always worthy of it. Sing your song to God. How has he been good to you? Here are a few books and a few hymns from the book of Psalms, Psalms 95, Psalms 103 and Psalms 145. These are good books, good scriptures for you to go to when you need to praise God. To finish this, it's always important for you to understand that you have to live through your season glorifying God irrespective of what. Once you recognize which season you're in, you can shift your thoughts to your Heavenly Father and live through the season glorifying Him. Ultimately, God is in control of all seasons. Whichever season you're in currently, remember that God is making everything beautiful in His time. But it is your responsibility to know what season you're in lest you keep on chasing the wrong things and the wrong people. After every season, always remember to bring in reflection. Reflection after you've reflected on where you are, where you've been, that always brings us to choice. And after you've brought in choice, the third thing that needs to do after you've chosen what needs to stay and what needs to go, becomes time for action. Remember, you are wary of God and your job is always to serve Him the most high.